Well, can I give you all a very warm welcome to the High Kirk this morning. It's lovely to see so many out as well this morning. And also for those who haven't been for some time, I know since the beginning even of the pandemic, it's been a nervous time for many, but it's just lovely to see you out this morning. Well, we do pray that the Lord will encourage you and bless you and lift your heart. Now, I know Billy's not here this week, so I've been left with the intimations, so start praying for me that I'll get all this right. Well, can I just highlight just some of the things that are on this week? We have our discipleship group that meets on Wednesday at 1pm in the hall. So if you would like to, if this is something you'd love to do this year, maybe you've been jotting down some New Year resolutions and maybe one of them was, do you know, I would love to get to something during the week then please catch David. David's over there, uh, David Wilson, and David leads the discipleship group. So if you ever felt, oh, do you know, I, I wouldn't mind joining that. It's a Wednesday afternoon at 1 p.m., and it's the last Wednesday of the month. So it's a monthly gathering. So you're welcome to join them there. Can I also mention as well, we're still praying and hoping that we can carry on as normal for our Revival Fellowship that starts back on the last Friday of January. That's the 28th of January. And that's 7.30 p.m. in the hall. So we're initially meeting in the hall during this time. And we're hoping that that's just going to be now a regular weekly meeting. And so that's the Revival Fellowship. So please, if you can, join us there. We're so, I know many have been saying, oh, when's the Revival Fellowship starting back? Well, that'll be our night, so that's uh, Friday the 28th. And can I also just highlight as well our congregational lunch. Now, I have to thank you all. I know this was to be a, a lunch that was to celebrate 20 years here. I've been minister at the High Kirk um, for 20 years coming up in February, Valentine's night. Some of you here, I know, were there on the night as well. And uh, it was such a blessing for myself and Antonia. I was going to say, and the family, but we hadn't had the family then. So, but we still have that memory ingrained upon our hearts and our thoughts. And we just, it's been a joy being the minister here at the High Kirk, I have to say. I remember the Lord shared with me when, when he called me here. He said, you can endure your ministry or you can enjoy it. And I have to say, the Lord has been so faithful. He's allowed me to enjoy my ministry. And I look forward to many, many more years, Lord willing, uh, being with you and to share together. But can I highlight that our congregational lunch, although the focus seems to be the 20 years that I've been ministered, can I say that the congregational lunch is really for you? Yes, I've been the minister for 20 years here, but do you know this? It's been the congregation of Stevenson High Kirk those who were maybe there at the beginning of my own ministry, but those who have been with us on this journey over these past weeks for some, months, years. And I know for our dear in Livingston as well, I've been, oh, we've had a friendship as well down with the other churches and we continue just to fellowship together. And so I know for myself and the family, it's going to be a celebration of yourselves for just journeying with us and for partnering with us in the gospel. And so this morning, can I encourage you to join us on, that'll be Sunday the 27th of February, and we just really go from the church service, we go to the Lauriston, 
and it's going to be a three-course meal. If you want to, if you're able to attend, we would love you to be there. Um, there's a sheet here that you can sign just at the, what we call the Beadle's Pew on, on my left. That's your right. Uh, just down here, you can sign your name. Um, and on behalf of others as well, you know that we'd lo- love to come. Now, it's a three-course menu, and the price is £21. Um, the menu, I have to say, looks amazing. <laughs> it's, in saying that, if it's got sticky toffee pudding on it, you know you're safe. So it looks a wonderful menu, but I know for some uh, as well, and for many, that £21 is a lot of money for, a, for even a three-course meal when it can be a time of struggle for so many. But can I say that, don't worry, you don't have to pay it all at once. See if you feel that even, well, I would love to go, but I just can't afford it right now. It may be that you, you can just pay it in wee bits. So if you're doing that, please just put a wee envelope in with the amount that you can put in and just put it in as often as you can. And then hopefully that will be it covered by February the 27th. So don't feel that you have to pay all in one. But I know many probably will anyway. But just encourage others that feel, oh, I can't do it right now. But oh, but we would love you to be there. So anyway, that's all the intimations. Well, I'm now going to let you keep your seats as we sing in John Newton's beautiful hymn, Amazing Grace, how sweet the sound. So let's worship together.
Let's unite our hearts as we pray together. Let's pray. Jesus, with thy church abide. Be her saviour, Lord, and guide. While on earth her faith is tried, we beseech thee, hear us. O our gracious and almighty God, how we worship and adore you. For who is a God like you? We, we have offended you. We've taken you for granted. We have pierced your heart of love and have grieved your Holy Spirit of promise. But Lord, in grace, you invite us to return to your forgiving arms of grace, to repent and to remember Christ, our first love. O oh, merciful Saviour, forgive us, cleanse us and deliver us, change and transform us more into your likeness. O oh, where we would reflect your glory, your attributes, your character, your nature. Lord, oh how we thank you that you do not stay angry forever but delight to show mercy. And so as we experience your mercy, love and forgiveness, Lord, help us to forgive others. To show mercy, love and compassion. And so, Father, Son and Holy Spirit, triune God, oh, how we desire now to hear your word and to sing your praise. For worthy is the Lamb, Seated on the throne, you are crowned with glory and reign victorious. High and lifted up, Jesus, Son of God, the darling of heaven, crucified. Worthy is the Lamb. O Lord, hear us and bless this time of worship. And as we pray in Jesus' sweet name, we thank you for the prayer that Jesus taught us as we pray together. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Amen. Will we take our Bible reading from Matthew's Gospel there in chapter 4. Matthew's Gospel, chapter 4, and we read from the beginning of the chapter. Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the desert to be tempted by the devil. After fasting for forty days and forty nights, he was hungry. The tempter came to him and said, If you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become bread. Jesus answered, It is written, Man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him to the holy city and had him stand on the highest point of the temple. If you are the Son of God, he said, throw yourself down, for it is written, 
he will command his angels concerning you, and they will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. Jesus answered him, It is also written, Do not put the Lord your God to the test. Again the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. All this I will give you, he said, if you will bow down and worship me. Jesus said to him, Away from me, Satan, for it is written, Worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Then the devil left him, and angels came and attended him. Amen. And may the Lord bless us the reading of his precious word. Well, this morning we return to Matthew's Gospel here in chapter 4, where we consider the temptation of Christ. Well, Matthew left us in chapter 3, there at the River Jordan. And we were left there with the voice of the Father. Behold, my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Oh, we saw there at the end of chapter 3, the Father's love for his Son. And oh, how he declared it. Oh, he shouted from heaven. And no wonder. For Jesus there in the, in the baptism, he fulfilled everything for his Father. He fully obeys his Father. And there, in his obedience, as he goes into the rivers of baptism, he unites himself to us. He identifies himself with humanity. Oh, how Jesus, yes, he loves his Father, but oh, he loves you and me too. And Jesus was willing to immerse himself into sin and into the mess that we've made. And so there Jesus at the baptism. Oh, how the Spirit of God came upon him. Oh, the power of the Holy Spirit takes a hold of Christ where he's now anointed. He is our Messiah. The King has truly arrived. Matthew wants to tell us he's come. He is the chosen Messiah. He is the one who is the prophet, priest and king who was to come. This is him. He is the true son of Israel. He is the son of God. He is the king of kings and lord of lords. He is the one. And so Matthew in his gospel, can you see his passion? Can you see his excitement? He knows who Jesus is. When Jesus came to him there, as I've shared before, at the tax collector's booth, Matthew's there and Jesus just looks at him. Follow me. Matthew, follow me. And Matthew left immediately to follow Jesus. He had no doubts who he was. He had no doubts. And this comes through his gospel. Matthew has no doubts and he wants us all to know Jew and Gentile. Yes, his audience were mainly Jews, but oh, he reminds his Jewish audience, this word is for the Gentiles too. And so here Matthew comes with us now into the wilderness. He brings us into the wilderness where we see Jesus now 40 days without food. Six weeks have passed and here Jesus is hungry 
but yet fully surrendered to his Father. Jesus surrenders himself to the wilderness. The wilderness, it's a place of testing. It's a place where you learn. And it's a place where you're humbled. And all through the Old Testament scriptures, we see that in the wilderness. It was a place where Israel were humbled. It was a place where Israel had to learn. It was the place of testing. And so there in the wilderness, the test, the main test of the wilderness is, do you trust God? Remember, there's nothing in the wilderness. There in the wilderness of Judea, there was nothing. There was no safety, no refuge, no place that you could hold on to. There was nowhere that you could lean on for security. In the Judean wilderness, all you had was God. All you had was the Lord. And that's the lesson of the wilderness. Do you trust me? And I know today that there are some of you who may know exactly what it is to go through a wilderness experience. A place of isolation where you feel on your own. A place of desperation where you feel everything's out of control. Well, all through the scriptures, the place of wilderness was a place where we're humbled. It's a place where we are taught. And it's a place where we are tested. And so, the lesson of the wilderness. Do you trust him? Do you trust in the Lord? Have you put your trust in him, whatever you go through? All through scripture, many came into the place of wilderness. We think of Adam and Eve there in the garden. We see Abraham there with his son, Isaac. We see Job tested. We see Israel there in the wilderness tested. We see Judah in exile tested. In the letter of James, we're reminded that God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone. God doesn't tempt us to sin. God doesn't want us to, to be tempted to do evil when we go through a wilderness. That's not the place of the wilderness. God does not tempt anyone to evil. And so here, the Bible's clear. Although God does not tempt anyone to do evil, he does test his people. And so here, as God has tested his people in the wilderness, as he keep, continues to teach them, do you trust me? Do you trust me? Do you trust me? Remember Job, as he was tested, he said, Lord, whether I be slain, yet will I trust in you. Oh, to have a heart like Job. Lord, I trust you. I don't like what I'm going through. <laughs> I, I hate what I'm experiencing right now. But Lord, I trust you. Lord, I hate what's happening to the church today. Lord, the church, people are just have no interest in the gospel. 
So many of our young have no care for the word of God. They have no interest whatsoever. We see our church decline. We see the national church where we see all these unions and linkages and closures. We may not like what's going on today, but the Lord asks us, in this place of wilderness, will you trust me? And so here, as Matthew brings us to the place of wilderness, he wants us to see Jesus or to behold Christ there in the wilderness. Look at him. Matthew here wants to show you Moses and how Jesus is greater than Moses. He reminds us that, yes, Israel in the, in the wilderness, they were known as God's son. But you know, God's son in the wilderness failed. As Moses led them through the wilderness, they could not trust God. But look at God's beloved son. Look at Jesus. A greater than Moses is here. And oh, he has victory in the wilderness. There in the wilderness... Moses leads the people 40 years. 40 years in the wilderness. Moses walked with his people as they failed, as they died. And now we see a greater than Moses there in the wilderness of Judea. 40 days Jesus is there, hungry. He's fasting, just like Moses Moses had fasted 40 days in the wilderness. And we see now Jesus fasting 40 days. Matthew here is deliberate. Yes, he wants to show you Moses. He wants to show you Israel of old through the wilderness. But he wants to show us a wonderful lesson. Although Israel in the wilderness failed to trust God, even Moses himself, from time to time, he, he sometimes doubted God as he struck the rock in frustration, wondering where the manna, where, where they would get food. And once they got food miraculously supplied to them, Oh, they complained. <laughs> they could just, oh, they couldn't even give thanks. They just grumbled. And then God would give them quail. And they grumbled about that. And then God would give water. But that wasn't enough. Oh, they just couldn't trust God fully. And here, Moses, a new Moses is here, Matthew tells us. He is a greater than Moses. Look at him, fasting 40 days like Moses, there in the wilderness like Moses. But oh, how Jesus succeeds, how Jesus is victorious in the wilderness. As the first generation of God's people died in the wilderness, there in Deuteronomy, we find Moses' words, his sermon to the people. Moses stands up and he declares to the second generation, 
Will you trust God? Your first parents failed, but will you trust in the Lord? And isn't it amazing that there in Deuteronomy, we're told, remember how the Lord your God led you all the way in the desert these 40 years to humble you and to test you in order to know what was in your heart whether or not you would keep his commands. He humbled you, causing you to hunger and then feeding you with manna. As Moses stood up, as he stands on the word of God, God has led you to this place to teach you, to humble you and to test you, to see your heart. Do you really trust in the Lord? And so we now find Jesus in the wilderness, standing up to Satan. And what does he quote? <laughs> he quotes from Moses' sermon, from Deuteronomy. And it's an amazing response to Satan. As Jesus declares what God says, he's quoting from Deuteronomy. And we'll notice there's two Verses he takes there from Deuteronomy chapter 6 and then he also quotes from Deuteronomy chapter 8. And so, can we look now at this temptation? The temptation that came for Christ. The testing. And we notice, first of all, the first temptation that Jesus faced. And this is not God tempting. This is Satan tempting Jesus. And here Satan comes in that dangerous, dark place from the wilderness. And he questions Jesus. Did God really say? Do you know, that's, that's the first port of call he goes to. He goes to his default position. Did God really say? Notice how he begins. If you really are the son of God. If What's he saying? Do you remember Matthew chapter 3? The father, the last words that we hear being echoed through the wilderness is, Behold my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. And now the devil comes. Did God really say? <laughs> if you are the son of God, turn these stones into bread. And as I mentioned, he quotes Deuteronomy chapter 8 at verse 3. There, in that verse, Israel had been complaining that God does not supply their needs. <laughs> and like Moses, now Jesus stands on God's word and he says, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone. Yes, bread would taste lovely. But I feast on my father's words. His law is my delight. His words are like honey and I feast on them. Man shall not live by bread alone, Satan. Oh, can you see the greater than Moses standing on the word of God? For it is written. Well, Satan now comes to Jesus with a second temptation and he takes him to the highest pinnacle of the temple and there Satan 
Well, if, you're, if you trust the word of God that much, then okay then. What about Psalm 91? Cast yourself off this temple. And remember, the, God promises that the angels will come down and wouldn't let your, foot, your feet get hurt. Oh, they'll come down and they'll, they'll hold you up. If you go to the highest part of the pinnacle here, and if you f- throw yourself off, think of all the worshippers down there. Think of all the people who are at the temple. Think of how they will look to you. How they will believe then in you. In Malachi chapter 3 at verse 1, we're told, Then suddenly the Lord you are seeking will come to his temple. The people of God were looking for their Messiah. They were looking for their king who would come to the temple. And so Satan's temptation is, look, Jesus, throw yourself off the temple and heaven will see you and the angels will come swooping down. They will believe that the Lord has come to his temple. All will see you. But you know, Satan, he misquotes Psalm 91. He misquotes it, which is so typical of Satan. He likes to twist the word of God. He likes to take it out of context. There in the psalm, he misses a very crucial line. We're told that the angels, yes, they would keep you from hurting your feet. But we're told that they were there to guard you in all your ways. The angels are there to guard you, to keep you in God's way. For Jesus to throw himself off the temple just for people to accept him and to worship him then through the the miraculous and the appearance of angels, Jesus would not be keeping to the way that the Father has prepared. Well, we now notice Jesus' response as he quotes from Deuteronomy chapter 6 at verse 16. Do not put the Lord your God to the test. As, as Jesus was quoting Moses, speaking to the second generation of Israel, he told them too, don't put the Lord your God to the test. Don't be asking as you did There at Massa is the Lord with us. Does he really care? Does he love us? Does he really understand? Will he heal us? Will he deliver us? Will he save us? Oh, don't put the Lord your God to the test. Jesus here walks in the appointed way. No, he doesn't surrender to Satan's temptation here either. He surrenders himself to the will of his Father. And isn't it lovely that at the end of the temptations, the angels will come and minister. (laughs) They'll come down. And oh, they'll minister to him. Well, we now notice Satan coming to Jesus with a third temptation. And so he's led to the top of a high mountain, And Satan looks out and he says, I will give you everything. Everything that you see, I'll give you. Just worship me. 
Satan was offering all the kingdoms of the world, but without the cross, without the cross. You don't need to suffer. You can let this cup pass. You don't need to drink of the cup of suffering. There, that psalm, Psalm 2, where it declares that you are the beloved son and that you will receive the inheritance of the nations. Well, I'll give you the inheritance of the nations. I'll give you the kingdoms of this world, but just worship me. And you don't need to suffer. Oh, Jesus now responds. Fear the Lord your God. Serve him only. Worship God alone. Away with you, Satan. And so here Jesus quotes Deuteronomy chapter 6, there at verse 13. His rebuke to Satan was similar to the rebuke that he gave Peter later. Get behind me, Satan. For the kingdom of God involves the cross. I lay my life down. And if you are to be a disciple of mine, you must carry the cross. You will suffer. You are going to be persecuted. You are going to be offended. The kingdom of God must involve the cross. Fear the Lord your God. Serve him only. Worship him alone. Follow him. Believe him. Trust him. That's the lesson of the wilderness. Do you trust God? Get behind me, Satan. The kingdom of God, yes, it involves the cross. It involves weakness. It involves mourning. It involves persecution. But oh, blessed are those are persecuted. Blessed are those Jesus is going to go on and he's going to share. Oh, for those who have come into the kingdom, blessed are you, even although you are poor in spirit, even although you are weak, even although you suffer, even although you're persecuted. Blessed. Blessed are those who follow, who trust their king, who believe in the Lord, who will Keep to his ways, to follow his purpose, his plans. And as Jesus responds to Satan, away, Satan, we now see Christ's reward. Here the angels in glory come and they minister to Christ. Isn't that lovely? This morning, we come into the wilderness and I know that for some of you here, you know what it is to go through the wilderness. But do you trust the Lord through it? Are you trusting him? Will you keep following him? Will you keep holding on? Oh, trust in the Lord. Lean not on your own understanding. But I do pray that the Lord will encourage you that his angels will guard over you, that you will know the ministering presence of Christ to thrill your heart.
that you will know the power of the Holy Spirit to lift you and to help you through these days. And so may the Lord bless you and keep you. Oh, may his face shine upon you and grant you his peace. And so I'm going to now invite Helen to lead us in our prayers. Thanks, Helen. Let us pray together. Heavenly Father, we come to your throne of grace with hearts that are thankful for our Lord Jesus and the invitation to come with boldness to present our requests before you. We come knowing that you hear and answer prayer. We thank you for our many privileges and for the freedom we enjoy to meet together as a church family to worship you and to hear your word. As we are here, we hold before you all those who for different reasons are unable to join us today. May we all, wherever we are, be aware that you are with us. Let us sense your peace and do make us a blessing to one another. Father, we pray for the parts of your world where there is strife and people are suffering and for all those trying to cope with the effects of natural disasters. We weep for all who are homeless and hungry. May your Holy Spirit move in the hearts of all who have influence or authority. Do enable governments and leaders everywhere to act wisely and in ways that will be respected. Give them compassion and integrity. Father, sometimes we despair, but we remember that you are God over all. Help us to trust you and to pay attention to your word and help us to apply the word preached today and do fill us afresh with your Holy Spirit. May we surrender ourselves totally to you and seek first your kingdom. Let us bring glory to your name by the way we live and help us to bring hope to people who are feeling hopeless and to shine the light of your love where there is darkness. Thank you for the tithes and offerings given today and may they be used for the extension of your kingdom. In your mercy, Lord, hear our prayers as we ask all in the precious name of Jesus. Amen. Well, we now sing together in our closing hymn, Take Time to Be Holy.
so may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God our Father, and the fellowship, comfort, and power of the Holy Spirit be with you all, now and forevermore. Amen.